Upgrade. V kraku s časom. Hello and welcome to Upgrade. My name is Uroš and with me is Jan. Usually we talk tech news, but today we're going to talk about something a bit different. Bear with us. This is the 57th episode of Upgrade and today we have a special guest with us. Before we get into the topics, we'd like to thank everyone who keeps donating to the Apparatus Network. You're the reason we keep doing this and uh, every euro helps us a lot. You can also comment and rate Upgrade in iTunes or send us a comment on Twitter where our podcast is at Upgrade. Okay, Jan, we have a special guest today with us, right? Yes, and we're really excited, especially you, Ulrich. Yes, of course I am. So yes. I'd like to welcome you, Russell. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor to have you. So um, a bit about you so that our listeners know uh, who they're uh, listening to. Um, you're a de- app developer from Australia, right? Yeah, that's right. So I work at a company called Shifty Jelly, which I think we started in 2010. So however long that's been. And you're, uh, you're, you're most, most known by your app called PocketCast, which I'm sure our listeners already know some of them, of, uh, at least. So the app itself started before you started the company, right? Yeah, sort of. The, the app was the first thing we did when we went full-time. So we actually started you know, working on apps in 2008. And when I say we, it was um, myself and another guy called Philip. And we made a, a weather app just for Australia. And then in 2010, we decided to leave, you know, our full-time jobs. And we thought, what's the first thing we can build? And that's that's where Pocket Cast came from. Oh, nice. Okay, but uh, I think we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> one of the things and one of the reasons uh, you, you agreed to come to uh, as a guest on our podcast was because... Um, well, first of all, uh, we had a quick Twitter conversation, uh, and one of the questions I asked was uh, about your surname, which is Ivanovich, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I, yeah, yeah, and I was always I was listening to your podcast before that, and I knew your uh, surname from the um, that you're the app developer behind Pocket Cats, uh, and I was always wondering, you know, this guy has to be somewhere from around here, uh, or at least has some heritage from around here. So we're from Slovenia, and where do you actually? Where were you born? So I was actually born in Belgrade, so Serbia. Oh, and the yeah. uh, uh, funny th- story is my first name is actually Rastislav. So I'm Rastislav oh, Ivanovic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that was <laughs> my second question actually. So where your name comes from? Uh, because I was thinking you came from a mixed marriage or something like that, and you know you got a, an English name or something like that. No, um, so I, I guess they changed when you. Yeah, I came to Australia when I was five, and my grandmother was already here, and she decided that with a name like, you know, Rastislav, I wasn't going to fit in in school. So she's like, just just for now, just, you know, we'll call you Russell, and it just ended up sticking. I guess I, I grew up with the, you know, the name Russell. It, it's still like, you know, on my driver's license and my passport is, is Rastislav, and I had, to, I had to go overseas at one point, so I had to get a passport. And they wouldn't let me get a passport. They're like, well, you, on your birth certificate, it says Rastislav. On everything else, it says Russell. You know, you can't have a passport. So in the end, I had to actually make, you know, Russell my middle name. I don't know if Slovenia is the same, but in Serbia, it's not very common to have, like, a middle name. And neither here, so. Yeah, it's not common here either, so. So it's the same. So Russell is actually my middle name now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, that's legally binding now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so um, you live now in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've lived here for a long time now, since 1985. So you probably don't even remember life in, in uh, Serbia before that. Not much, I'm guessing. 
I actually went and um, I did a, a year of school, so year year four, I think, which would probably make me about eleven, and back in Serbia. So I still remember that part. And then I visited again in um, in two thousand and four just to to see what it was like. It's it's still yeah very much the same as as what I remember. Not not a lot has changed. Okay, so uh, no, now that, that that was the reason why we started uh, talking. But the reason I wanted you as a guest on our podcast was because you're an app developer of the pod, of the Pocketcast app, and I. Uh, also listen to your material podcast and we'll be getting to that uh, later on but uh, let's shift the conversation back to the shifty jelly huh, see what i did there <laughs> so um <clears throat> uh, i wanted to know uh the, where does the shifty jelly come from the name itself <laughs> well that, that's a funny one so philip and myself we were both enterprise java developers so we had very sort of big clients you know we worked at a company that you know was working on you know hundreds of thousands multi-million dollar projects and so we decided if we were going to start this thing on the side we we wanted to make sure that they knew we weren't trying to compete with them and we thought what's the best way to do that and we just sat down and we thought we've just got to come up with the the craziest name we we can because you know when you sign up as an app developer to the the ios app store back then you needed a name for your company what, what should we call it? What should we, and we just came up with this name. We're like Shifty Jelly, you know, because here, you know, Shifty means it means a little bit, uh, you know, not quite on the level. Something something's a bit weird about it. And Jelly is like, you know, it's it's funny. You shake it, it wobbles, yeah. and so we thought, Shifty Jelly. That that will do. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. So then, then came Pocket Cast, right? Um, which is um, one of the best, if not the best. Uh, podcast uh, app on uh, android uh, and also on ios and also on windows phone and also on web so that's that's the greatest part uh, of pocket cast for me so was that the strategy from the start or were you just uh, you know uh, adding stuff as you went along no the, the original strategy was we both had um iPhones, I think it was like the iPhone 3G or something back then, and we wanted you know podcasts on there and so we built an iOS app and there was no real um, you know, plan for where to take it next. We just thought, wow, we just really want a way to get, you know, podcasts on our phone. So it started on the iPhone. And then I think a, a year or two later, we, we got a lot of demands from Android users, you know, because Android was starting to take off in Australia and it was already taking off, you know, in the US and I think in Europe, you know, quite a lot as well. People were like, we want Pocket Cast, we want Pocket Cast. And we thought, you know what, let's, we're, we're both Java developers. We, we know the language at least. Um, let's, let's try and, you know, build this. And that's, that's when we first moved to Android. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm also very glad that you um, decided to embrace the uh, Android e ecosystem in the way that, um, so from the design perspective, you know, uh, embracing material design lately and everything. Uh, not a lot of uh, cross-platform apps do that. You know, some of the iOS apps try to stay iOS looking on Android and that's usually comes up uh, looking like a mess. And you're one of the few <laughs> ones who, who said, you know, we're going to go native here. So that's awesome. Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing about that is we didn't originally. So the very first version looked almost identical to our iOS app and neither of us used Android at that stage. We were both still on iPhones and we realized very, very quickly that that's what wasn't the right thing to do. You know, one, it didn't look native. Uh, you know, two, it was missing some functions from Android. So we actually ended up, you know, one of us sort of switched to Android for three months. We're like, we gotta, we got to try and get into this. And I think that's that's when it first started to to become like, no, let's build 
you know, separately for, for these different platforms. Because I'm, I'm the same as you guys. I like it when I install an app and it looks like it belongs. Like I, I don't want it to look the same on every single, you know, device I try it on. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, also, I mean, that's, for me at least, that's very important because um, I know, so, but it's it's different because, uh, you know, we live in a, a little small tech bubble. We all know what uh, apps should look like on Android and iOS. Uh, and I don't think that other people uh, really notice it. But if you take that away, I think they will uh, uh, um, see that something's not really right, you know. Uh, so it's very important for me to uh, to have apps. On. Yeah, I think you're right. They might not be able to say it's missing material design, but they they'll definitely know that oh, something about this doesn't 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 feel prop- like right. So um, recently, I saw um, you, you know, the Pocket Cast app on Android got updated, and there's a, there are, there are a few hints uh, that something is coming up, something really big. Uh, I'm guessing that has to do something with the uh, uh, imminent release of the Android N, right? Uh, maybe. There's, there's a few things we want to do sort of server-side. There's a few things we want to do with Android N, and there's there's a few yeah features that we're working on that we're not sort of ready to talk about at the moment, but they will be things that kind of take advantage of Pocket Cast because you know now you look at it, like you said, we're on iOS, we're on um, Android, you know, we're on the web. It would be good to you know have features that, combine those three in like really interesting ways so that you can get some benefits so at the moment we sync your playback position so you know you can play 15 minutes on the web of upgrade um you know you go home you load up your android phone you can continue from where you're up to and we want to do some more sort of interesting things around that where you can do more than just you know continue where you're up to awesome great uh, i'm looking i'm really looking looking forward to that uh so um I'm also using the web version, which is awesome. It's, it's one of the reasons I love Pocket Cats because uh, in, when I get to work, I usually just, uh, if I have free time, I uh, put my headphones on and uh, uh, browse the uh, to the Pocket Cats web player and use it, and it's awesome. So And the sync works perfectly for me, at least. Some people complain, but I don't, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. good to hear. Russell, about iOS version. I've seen that it wasn't really updated from November 2014. Yeah, so what happened is um, June of last year, so June 2015, I started working on the, the version 6 update. And I've made the mistake that a lot of developers make is like once you change a few things in the app, then a lot of other things look old. It's It's kind of like if you renovate your house. Let's say you... You don't like your bathroom, so you know you redo the tiles and you get a new shower screen or something, and suddenly the rest of your house looks really old. You know that that happens in app development as well. You know we fixed we fixed a few things, we improved a few things, and then we looked at the rest of the app and we're like, these new things they don't look like the old things. They look so much better. Like what if we could do more? And <laughs> I've ended up sort of yeah, not redoing the entire app, but getting pretty close to you know reworking every screen and adding functionality and and trying to catch up, I guess, with the Android version. And now we're hopefully finally at the point where you know, pretty soon we'll be able to, to share something with, with people, you know, the version 6 update. But I've I've been working on that sort of on and off since June. So, yeah, it's nine months now. It's been a long time. <laughs> okay, but something is happening on the iOS front. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's my job. So to explain that, I do mainly the iOS side of things. I occasionally do some of the Android stuff as well because, you know, I'm familiar with the language and how stuff works. But Phil is actually the person that, that does most of the Android app and actually works on the web version as well. Um, so one of the things uh, I also, I don't know, I, I think I listened to one of the podcasts, uh, but also when I listen to material, uh, it's obvious. So you're mostly an Android guy right now, uh, I'm guessing, but you do switch between iOS and Android, right? Yeah, I, I carry both phones. So if I'm going out somewhere where I, you know, it's like on the weekend or whatever, I always take my Android phone. I've got my um, 
Android Watch. But normally during the week, yeah, I've got an iPhone with, with a SIM card in it and I've got all that sort of things as well. And sometimes I'll switch, you know, between one and the other. Like if I want to test something really heavily in Pocket Cast, then I'll actually use that, you know, as my main device. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we'll be getting to the, to the hardware you're using a bit later. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and uh, one of the, uh, the, the first question that I asked you on Twitter, uh, which led to this conversation, was Google Play Music and uh, the inclusion of podcasts and their region locking. So let's just talk about the podcast part for, uh, for starters. Um, <clears throat> so Google's adding podcasts to their Google Play Music app in Canada and in Australia. And um, I'm just wondering if uh, you as a developer of podcasts uh, feel threatened by this or not, or are you just uh, accepting the fact and trying to do uh, the best on your part yeah I, th I think at the moment like it's it's not threatening because there are like when you see stats for you know big big podcasts let's say this american life or something i have a lot a lot of listeners you look at their stats and it's you know maybe 65 you know ios listeners maybe 20 to 25 desktop listeners and then there's a tiny proportion of people that listen on android and we know that the android market share you know worldwide is much bigger than the ios market share so there's There's clearly something going on there. You know, people with Android phones listen to less podcasts. And I'm really hoping that if, if Google can come in, if they can do a good job, if they can, you know, try and get some of the people that listen to music maybe as well and be like, hey, there's these things called podcasts. You know, you should really try them. That if we position ourselves as, you know, we're the premium podcasting experience, you know, once, you know, you outgrow Google Play Music and you find, you know, a little bit frustrating and maybe doesn't cope with the amount of, you know, podcasts that you have, that then you go looking for other solutions and that's, you know, where our app comes in. And I'm not just saying that. That has worked out really well for us on the iOS side of things. So Apple did the same thing. You know, a few years ago they introduced uh, their own native podcasting app that, that ships with the phone and that actually ended up increasing, you know, sales of Pocket Cast. So it, it can happen sometimes that if a big player can make podcasts popular on a device, that that can be good for, you know, all the people making, you know, podcasting apps on there. Yeah, sure. So a lot of users probably just need an entry point and uh, those simple included apps are great entry points for them, uh, after which they probably start to look for a more powerful app and uh, that's where you come in, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think at the moment it would be good if they launched worldwide. I don't know why they went with um, US and I think maybe Canada um, initially. Like we'd, we'd really like to see that roll out to the whole world. And I guess the only thing that would make me scared is if they started locking up exclusive content. So if they came to something like upgrade and they're like hey we want to host your content exclusively but you can't put it out anywhere else and we'll give you you know x million dollars or whatever if that a lot of that starts to happen that that's when we'd be in trouble because we'd no longer have access to you know some of the most popular content yeah, yeah. I, i also hope that doesn't happen because <clears throat> that's bad i mean podcasts are uh, one of those things that are usually just you know free roaming the internet so um i, I yeah and i, I yeah, like it like that yeah. So um, this region locking is not logical to me either. Uh, the only logical explanation I have for this is that they're just, I don't know, uh, having a, a, a controlled launch so that they get a, a little bit of feedback. And then based on that feedback, they'll, I don't know, make some uh, adjustments and then launch worldwide. That's the only reason I, I'm, I came up with, which is at least a bit rational. So uh, other than that, I'm... I'm yeah, that, that's all I can think of as well. Because, I mean, there's no... 
there's no licensing restriction with podcasts. You know, authors already put them out all around the world, so it's not that they don't have the license to sell it into Australia or something. So it maybe that's maybe that's the reason they want to try it in one market, and when they get it right, maybe they'll roll it out to to the other ones. So uh, what about what's your take on the fact that it's included in Google Play Music, so that it's not a standalone a standalone app? Uh, because uh, as I see it, uh, the only reason they did this was because. Um, the Google Play Music is already pre-installed on so many, on so many Android devices and uh, adding, pocket, uh, adding podcasts to that app uh, give them, uh, I don't know, a sort of a Trojan horse to just uh, give everyone the, this app. And uh, in the future, maybe, uh, when, the pocket, when, when, the, um, sorry, when the podcasts get uh, more popular or something like that, they maybe split it up uh, as a separate app. I don't know. What's your take on this? Yeah, I feel kind of similar in that they, they could have made it another app. I think that probably would have made for a better experience to have it completely standalone. But then they probably would have had to amend, you know, all the agreements they have with the various handset makers to be like, hey, you know, these 12 Google apps that you install, now you need to preload a 13th. And I'm sure that's that's not an easy thing to do, to renegotiate all those contracts and, and get that out there. And maybe maybe they're kind of treating it a little bit like Apple treats iTunes. You know, <laughs> We can put, you know, more things in there and then everyone will get them automatically. So... Yeah, it's. I see it both ways. It makes sense for them to get it to as many people as they can, but at the same time, I feel like it would be a better experience if they they broke it out into its own app. Because I mean, the podcasts are long. You know, they go for twenty, thirty minutes. Sometimes you know, two or three hours. I don't know how that belongs in an app that you know where you've got a, a piece of music that goes for two or three minutes. I still wonder about some things about podcasts in Australia. Uh, when did this boom happened? I mean, in Slovenia, the podcasts became popular just about, what, two years ago? Yeah, tops. Yeah. When did it in Australia? I think in Australia, it was probably a few years before that. So I think what made it popular is when a lot of our radio networks, so we have a, a big radio network here called the ABC. It's like the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. We have a few others as well. When they started turning all their shows into podcasts, and then they would actually advertise on the radio. They'd be like, you know, if you missed... If you miss this show, you can get it as a podcast. And I think that's what really made it popular in Australia, maybe four years ago or so, when all those networks started putting all this stuff out and when they started advertising it oh, okay. on the radio. Then I think a lot of people were like, oh, yes, I missed my favorite show. Okay, I'm going to try and figure out how to download it you know, onto my phone. Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, so here in Slovenia, we actually um, – I'm thinking some of those things also happen here because radio is also uh, – at least the, the biggest national radio – uh, started doing that and uh, on the other side there were a couple of people who already tried making podcasts uh, and it didn't really go through uh, but a couple of years later uh, I, I think something just clicked uh, and it started going and now it's rolling and there are a lot of good podcasts daily coming out uh, and I'm really glad because you know it's one of those things that uh, really makes you um, you know uh, a good company on long commutes and something like that so yeah. Yeah, I think people want uh yeah, definitely. various content which you cannot get from a local radio or national radio and that's why podcasts work. Yeah. And I think it also works because you get to choose what you listen to. Like if you turn on the radio, you've got scheduled programming and if you tune in at 8:30, then you've got whatever's on at 8:30, but the cool thing about podcasts is you can pick. You can like, "Oh, I really like, you know, knitting or making balloons or I like tech." Like, you know, I mean, we, I've seen some crazy crazy podcasts, but they they all have audiences because somewhere out there there's someone that's that's really interested in in whatever that niche is. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so uh, one more thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, regarding p Pocket Casts and Podcasts uh, app in general is uh, Mark Arment's Overcast. So um, I'm guessing you know that app. Uh, I'm guessing you know also Marco. So <laughs> uh, since you're on the yeah, Marco's actually on the same yeah mm. network as us yeah. really. FM. Uh, so um, did you uh, was was one of the reasons uh, um, for uh, going? I mean for You know, you said that the Pocket Cast app was uh, lagging behind a bit uh, on the iOS front. Uh, and then Marco came with Overcast. And, um, you know, uh, did, did this uh, make you, oh, I don't know, turn up the heat, start uh, developing faster and something like that? Or, I mean, is there any competition between you two? Or is it just, you know, uh, you have your app, I have my app, uh, let's just see what happens. It's, it is a little bit of both because on the one hand, the podcasting space is big enough that you can easily have two or three um, successful apps that aren't the Apple app. But I don't think that the market is shrinking, you know, it, it's only growing. But at the same time, when, you know, someone as popular as Marco with enough of a, a following as Marco does um, comes into the space, that, that definitely makes us, you know, think a little bit and makes us, you know, work a bit harder and, and make sure that, you know, we, we position ourselves in a way that, that makes sense, especially because, you know, I think his app is now free and you can pay for, for some things with patronage or something like that. So he's exploring, you know, different business models as well. So definitely, you know, things that, are, that we've done, you know, have influenced him. And the, the other thing is true as well. You know, things that he's done have, have also influenced, I guess, features and, you know, ways we, we market yeah, So that's, uh, the, the business model is one of the things I wanted to talk about because, um, so yeah, Marco's making a patronage model with the Overcast app. Which was, I don't know, I think it was uh, free from the start with uh, in-app purchase of additional features. Now it just, uh, now it's just free for everyone with patronage model. And I think there was a conversation about a dark theme for the patronage uh, people. And I don't know where, we, where, we, where they went with that. But uh, on Pocket Cast, you're still uh, using the same old model, which is just uh, uh, pay up front and use the app. Uh, so in the future, uh, you do, do you see this model uh, holding up for you or do you think you have to, I don't know, uh, adjust to the uh, uh, market? Yeah, I think there's a few things there. So, so sometimes the market does move in different directions and if you don't follow, you do get left behind. But I think sometimes there are just fads that come along. You know, developers want to try different things, they, they want to explore new business models and I think, you know, good luck to them. But in terms of us selling a paid app, like, it's still really successful for us. So our sales have increased, you know, year on year on year, like every year there's there's no decline sort of on the horizon. And so while that business model is working for us and is working, you know, so well, then we don't really see a, a need to switch. Like we want to be flexible enough that if one day, you know, you can clearly see that, you know, maybe a subscription model comes out from, from Apple or from Google where, you know, you pay $10 a month and you get access to all the apps. If that's something that happens in the future, then we'll definitely, you know, look at that. That That is a way that some companies are trying to go. But I think at the moment, things like patronage, you know, they really don't interest us. So I really like the simplicity of the model that we are a premium app. And if you want the premium experience, you pay the, the premium price of $4. And I know, In the real world, four dollars is not a lot of money. You know, you go to your mechanic or you go to a coffee shop or something. You can you can easily spend much more than four dollars. But in the app world, you know, four dollars is a lot of money, and and we think that's a good thing. That kind of sets your app up as you know, like this premium thing. Do you want the best experience? Well, then you pay for the best experience. Yeah, exactly. That's my my uh, that's my take on this as well. Because I, I'd rather pay in fr upfront uh, for an app than be chased around with in-app purchases and stuff like that, which is, um, if not anything else, it's annoying. Um, so yeah, yeah. 
It's annoying as hell, yeah. <laughs> so paying up front for a good app is the way to go, if you ask me. Uh, and I hope your business model holds up for a long time because that's one of the best things. Yeah. And would you reconsider uh, for like a new version on which you work really long? Uh, so the existing users must pay some upgrade fee, like like is happening with Tweetbot for iOS. Or will you let the old users just, I don't know, you paid already once, so you have upgrades free? Yeah, so we, we did that with our, we have an Australian weather app, um, Pocket Weather Australia, that we've had in the iOS store since 2008. And in 2012, we actually did a paid upgrade. So we made it a new app. Um, we charged, you know, $2 again. And it went really well. You know, a lot of our existing users upgraded. A lot of people were happy to pay. So we definitely considered doing that for Pocket Cast in the future. But I, I guess the, oh, okay. the good position we're in at the moment is that so many new people are buying it every day that there's not really a driving reason to do that. You know, we're, we're more than paying the bills here. You know, we're making sort of healthy profits and things like that. So th- there, there is really no reason to you know, to try and do that at the moment. But in the future, potentially, you know, maybe we get to like a, I don't know, like a version seven or something and we have some amazing new thing that we want to sell people. We'd definitely consider, you know, putting out a paid update if, if we needed to. Okay, nice to hear that people are still prepared to pay for a new version and they're not complaining or something. Oh, you, you do get some complaints, <laughs> to, to be fair. Like yeah, some okay, people were upset. But always, yeah. I, I was surprised by how few there were, honestly, like, the majority of people just said, oh, wow, cool, new version, I'll pay, you know, I use this app every day, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so um, one more thing I wanted to, I don't know, just uh, give you a, a high five about uh, the uh, PocketCast app. You, uh, I don't know if it's a recent edition. Uh, I just saw uh, on the internet, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, a GIF or a GIF. I don't know how, how you want to pronounce it. Anyway, uh, it, it showed how to add the um, up next podcast by sliding to the right uh, on the player bar and just clicking the plus signs on the uh, uh, podcasts that are uh, still in the, uh, they are already downloaded, but not played yet, Yeah, uh, which was, I think, very convenient. And it's an awesome, awesome feature. Yeah, and that's one of the future, few the few features in in our app that I actually came up with. So I, I can't take credit for a lot of our stuff. Like a lot of it's done by a designer, Chris, or you know, Philip might have the idea, or a support person, Monica. You know, often throws stuff in. That slidey thing was one of the few things you know I came up with because I really wanted a way to put things in my up next list quickly, and I, I wasn't able to do it. You know, it was a lot of tapping. It was like tap, add, tap, add, and it felt like it kept pulling you out of what you wanted to do like you just wanted to add a few things to your list and that's definitely in the in the upcoming ios update as well so at the moment that's only on android but it will be on ios as of the next update because I, yeah i love that feature so i think pocket cast is one of the few apps that started out on ios and uh, shifted to android and is now actually uh, you know more advanced on android than in ios because usually it's the other way around so android is lagging behind ios so uh, yeah. kudos for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely and we that's because we make the majority of our money on Android. So for for some reason, for whatever the reason is, um, you know, Pocket Cast is popular on iOS, but it's it's way more popular on on Android. Which is also weird, right? Because globally, looking at the uh, app market, the iOS is still the platform which brings more money to developers than Android. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case. And I think the thing that I often tell people that a lot of people forget is the app market is so big that there can be so many different business models and so many different people making money in different corners that there's no one rule. 
like people say, oh, you will always make more money on iOS than you will on Android. That that can't be true. Like in a market as big as you know Android and iOS are, there there are so many different you know ways to make money and so many different truths. And for us, for some reason, you know, podcasting on Android has been you know much more profitable. Awesome. So um, I'm glad to hear that you, you you're still uh, making good money and that it pocket cast isn't going anywhere soon. So <laughs> no, it's definitely not. A question um, because I'm an iPhone user and I don't really know what's your business model on Android. So you buy uh, pocket casts on Android in Play Store uh, for like one one time fee. Yeah, it's exactly the same as the iOS model. So it's it's. Yeah. What what do you do about uh, the pirated versions? So the cracked ones. Do you have any security security measures or? Oh, we we do. Yeah. So we noticed in the early days that um, you know, it was quite popular for people to jailbreak their iPhones, and it was quite popular on Android to try and sideload, um, you know, the apps, the the APKs. So we we did put in a, a few layers of protection. We don't we don't go crazy with it. We figure. If someone tries really, really, really hard to crack our app, then I, I guess they can have it. They, they probably weren't <laughs> you know, going to give us the money in the first place. But we, we try and do the thing where you keep, I guess, honest, people honest, if that makes sense. So if there's someone who's on the fence and they're like, oh, this is so easy, I can get it for free off some website or something, we try and stop those people. You know, we, I think after a few days, we just you know, give them a message, say, hey, looks, looks like you stole the app. Like, would you consider you know, buying it? And we give them a link to the Play Store and... I think that converts some people. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess oh, okay. I did steal it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, but so, it, it, so we have some protection, but not crazy amounts, I guess. Yeah, yeah awesome. okay, okay. So that's, that's a bit of, it's, it's an honest relationship. So, yeah, we, we, at least from your side. Yeah, because I, I think, it, you know, if every single person stole our app and we had, you know, 100 million users, our, our servers would melt and we wouldn't have the money to run the service. So you, you kind of have to strike strike a balance. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, moving on to the podcasts themselves, you, uh, as, as far as I know, you uh, record two podcasts, uh, uh, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Sure. So one of them is topical, which, uh, to be honest, I don't listen to that much because I have lots of other podcasts and uh, I, I really don't <laughs> have space for another one uh, in my uh, daily routines. Uh, but I did listen to the uh, last one a bit, which uh, was about cars. Uh, and topical is a, is a podcast about everything, right? So it's not, you know, like, uh, for example, this one, which we record, which is about technology. Uh, topical is about everything, right? So whatever comes to mind. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the, the only reason we started topical is because, um, I wanted to learn more about podcasting and, um, Jelly or Daniel Farrelly, as he's known, he wanted to start another podcast. I'm like, well, why, why don't we get together and we just try making like a, a weekly podcast that, that's short? You know, we try and keep it under, you know, 20, 25 minutes. And the original idea was that we'd have a debate. So I'd take one side of some, you know, controversial topic and he'd take the other side and we'd argue about it. And for some reason, I don't really know why, it's just turned into a, a podcast where we pick a topic and we just talk about the topic. <laughs> so that's, that's you know, that's how it's worked out. And it's more of a fun thing. Like we don't have sponsorship. Um, there's no pressure to, you know, get a certain amount of listeners or anything like that. It's just, you know, we, we jump on there, we record a podcast, we... You know, Daniel thankfully edits that podcast, so I don't have to. But we put it out there, and it's just it's just some fun. Like there's nothing sort of serious, and there's no sort of you know pressure to it. Awesome. So it's it's a bit of a casual thing for you, so to take your mind off things. 
Yeah, and honestly, if if nobody listens, I really don't care. Like, it's we're not trying to increase our listeners or decrease our listeners. We're just like you know, whoever listens, listens. If you don't, you know, that's fine. I I won't get offended. Okay, awesome. So, uh, moving on to the material podcast, which is a bit different in, in this regard, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you have two co-hosts there. Uh, one is Yasmina Vien, and the other one is Andy Natko, right? Yeah, that's right. Yasmin will be really happy, by the way, that you pronounced her last name properly. Oh, awesome. <laughs> It's not really hard for us. So. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and also Andy Natko, which has, uh, well, I, I think, I mean, I mean, I know I pronounced his last name uh, correctly, but uh, if you asked me on the street to write it down, I wouldn't be able to. And this is one of the running gags you have there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Because I guess for like the majority um, American audience, they struggle with both the last names Evian and Inatko because I guess they're both, yeah, European in origin. So, yeah. And also um, yours. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get a lot of like Ivanovic or Ivan Ivanovic is, is my personal <laughs> favorite. <laughs> uh, so the three proper people, uh, gathered around. So yeah. Uh, and material is the podcast about the Google and the Android universe, right? As you said. And, um, well, I didn't, uh, so, It's not that far back that the material started, right? Uh, I mean, it's relatively... Uh, did, did, are you already a year old? No, no, we're not. I think it was June or July of 2015 that we started. So we will be a year old, I guess, in a, in a few months' time. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so the... Um, The, this podcast is actually becoming uh, one of my favorite podcasts uh, recently. And um, because I love Android, I use the Android ecosystem a lot. Uh, and Material is one of those podcasts that really strike a chord with me. Um, and I just wanted to say that this is, I mean, it's an awesome podcast. It's, uh, you also had uh, a few great guests uh, with, uh, so the, oh, help me out. Uh, I blanked out a bit. <laughs> Matthias Duarte we had on. Yeah, yeah, Matthias Duarte. Yes, yeah. right, right, right. And that was one of the most awesome uh, episodes of material, but it was so short and I wanted to last forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we could only get, you know, 30 minutes of his time. It would have been amazing to, to get more. But yeah, I found that one really interesting. I, we're trying to get a few more guests as well. Like one thing we really wanted to do with the show is occasionally try and get some really interesting people from inside Google you know, drag them on the podcast. And the hardest one was actually getting the first team because we had to go through, you know, their PR department and all the people that sign off on things and make sure that it was okay for them to talk to us. But we found that once we got one guest, it was relatively easy to, to try and sort of work out what happened. So you never know, maybe one day like a, you know, Sundar Pichai or, you know, what, let's see, the head of Android, I'm trying to remember his last name, Lockheimer, Hiroshi Lockheimer, he'd, he'd be cool to have on. You know, people like that, just people that maybe you don't hear them so often, you know, Uh, talk on podcasts and things we just want to get them on our show and you know kind of just talk to them awesome so um one of the questions i always had uh, and i think you also talk talked about this uh, in one of the episodes is uh, how did you three guys actually get together and started working on material <laughs> well i'll try and keep this really short because this is a really long story but originally what happened is um mike hurley and steven started the relay fm network so some of your listeners you know, might be familiar with that. It started off as a few Apple podcasts and, you know, some tech-related podcasts. And Mike invited me to be on his Behind the App series. So he made this series about, you know, all about the App Store and the developers, you know, behind it and that sort of thing. And so Mike and I started talking and I said to Mike, you know, it would be really amazing if you could, you know, put put a Google podcast or two on your network because at, the, at that stage it was very sort of Apple-focused. And I said, you know, I like Apple, but I think a lot of people, you know, out there are interested in Google and Android. You should do a podcast about that. 
And, you know, a long story short, Mike said, yeah, you know, we really want to do one. And he showed me the list of presenters that, you know, he was thinking about asking. And my name was on there. And I thought he was just being stupid. I'm like, yeah, that's that's very funny, Mike. But can, I really want this podcast. Like, can you start it? And he he explained, no, like, I'm serious. We should start this. And his idea was that we should try and find someone who's a developer. So I guess that was me. Um, we should try and find a journalist. And we should try and find someone who's, you know, really knowledgeable, enthusiastic about the platform. And so I guess from there, like once I realized he was serious, we just started coming up with a list of names of, of people to ask. And one of the first names that, that came up was, you know, Andy Nutko because he he covers both the Apple and the Android side of things. And that's the kind of person we wanted, someone who wouldn't be, you know, iOS sucks and Android is the greatest and, you know, the iOS phones need to be melted in lava or something. You, you want someone who's a little bit, you know, understands both sides of it. And so, you know, we asked Andy and he was luckily friends with, you know, Jason Snell and a few other people on the network. And he, he said, yeah, sure. And then we just had to find, you know, our kind of knowledgeable enthusiast. And I kind of looked around the the Android community and I came across a podcast that um, Yasmin was doing. And she'll kill me because I've actually forgotten the name of, of, of her podcast. I listened to it and it just happened to be that we were both at Google I.O. Um, at the same time that year and we, we sort of met up. And, you know, I heard her podcast. She was amazing on it. You know, I met her. You know, she was amazing in person as well. And I'm like, I hope she doesn't say no, but I'm going to ask her to to be on, you know, material with us. And luckily, you know, she said yes, and that's that's how the podcast started, I guess. So the the weird thing about that, just to wrap this up, is that um, the three of us had never spoken with each other before that stage. Like, I obviously knew who Andy was. Um, I assume Andy probably knew who I was. Um, you know, Yasmin and I kind of knew each other, but we we jumped on a Skype call and we just tried it out. And we had we recorded episode zero. It's it's still in the feed. Um, to this day and it was really awkward because we weren't we didn't know each other you know what I mean like you get three people and they start talking and you're like wow I don't know when to talk when not to talk who's going to talk next but I, I think over time it's it started to work which which I'm really happy with yeah yeah and it shows you know because the uh, I mean the material podcast is very I don't know uh, from from one side it looks a bit casual it looks uh, relaxed it looks uh, you know fun but on the other side it's also very technical very uh, i don't know uh, hardcore into details and everything so I, I think it's the right mix of everything so even the casual listeners can enjoy it as well as the you know tech savvy people who uh, really want to get into nitty gritty de- details of everything so uh, it strikes the right yeah chord. i mean that <laughs> that's awesome to hear you say that because I, I guess that's what we were aiming for we wanted to get you know, people who are really, really passionate about Android, but also people who are just, you know, interested in, at Google at some level. So I think about 25% of our listeners are actually on iOS as well. You get these people that are just curious. They're like, what, what is the other side like? You know, I've always wondered. So it's, it's cool that they tune in as well. Awesome. So uh, I, I think, uh, well, yesterday, uh, uh, the last episode came out, right? So you're issuing every <laughs> Thursday, right? Yeah, every Thursday night here in Australia, which I think is Thursday midday where you are and Thursday early yeah, morning like in, yeah. in the US. Mm, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, oh, now, now you reminded me because you, you mentioned the time difference again. So, uh, Yasmin and Andy are in USA, right? But uh, they're not, are, are they in the same time zone? No, they're separated by, I think, about one or two hours, like different, similar time zones, but not the same. Yeah, okay, so um, I'm asking you this because uh, also we had one of, I mean, we had also problems with the time difference here, which is about seven and a half hours. Uh, in, 
And so that's why we're recording at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, and, um, yeah, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you sound so enthusiastic about it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, how do you manage that on Material Podcast? So what's the time difference there? It, it's a lot. It's like 16 hours, I think, in, in a lot of cases. So, it, so I will record on Wednesday morning my time, and that'll be uh, Tuesday evening for, for Andy and Yasmin. I think it's slightly earlier for Yasmin, so she has to you know, leave work slightly early. So it is a... It is a little bit of a hassle, you know. She has to leave work early. I kind of have to get into work a bit early. I think Andy is probably the only person that, you know, he, he gets it at the perfect time. And I, I think the only problem is we interrupt his sort of dinner time. So he has to sort of be hungry, hungry during the recording. But it, it mostly works out. So th- those two people, they send me their files. I edit it, you know, while they're asleep. Um, Yasmin listens the next day, you know, while I'm asleep. So we kind of have, you know, an episode that we're happy with and we can put out, you know, a day after. So we record... I think a day and a half before we ship, so it kind of works that way. So I I have a question. Did you ever think about it? Do you record from future or are they or they traveled <laughs> in past or what? Because who is <laughs> that, living in a, a time question. machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to think that I'm living in oh, the future. Okay. So I, can, you know, I can tell them about what's going to happen. And very occasionally... It's true. So, you know, sometimes a company will do like a worldwide launch and because my time zone is, you know, nine and a half hours um, ahead of GMT, sometimes we'll get products first. So like when a new iPhone ships or sometimes, you know, when Google launches something, very occasionally worldwide, they seem to focus on America for some reason. <laughs> you know, I'll get it first and be like, yeah, I got it before everyone else. You know, I can tell yeah. you all about it because you won't get it when it's 16 hours. <laughs> and the iPhone and yeah. everything. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, I think we should just uh, stream on to the uh, some of the other topics I had in mind to talk about. Uh, and one of the interesting things I um, uh, heard in your uh, material podcast is the fact that you also have an Android Auto unit, which you installed yourself in your car. Uh, so uh, mind telling us about more um, uh, more about this? Yeah, so I have a Volkswagen Golf. I think it's about 2009 model. And uh, yeah, we, we got to be a launch partner with Google on Android Auto, I think back in 2014, maybe when it first launched, like we were one of the first 12 apps um, on the platform. And the people from Google were nice enough to send us a, like a pioneer unit to, to test on so we could make sure our app worked. And it was always just sitting on, on my desk and plugged into, you know, like an inverter and a whole bunch of wires. And we used to pretend like we had like a fake car. You know, you, you flip the switch and you can put the handbrake on and on, off and on and things like that. And then one day I'm like, why don't, why doesn't one of us put this in the car? Like it's just sitting here in the office. You know, we only test on it maybe once a month. I'm like it's kind of going to waste. Like it feels like it should be in there. So yeah, I did all the research about all the adapters and, and things that you can get for the Volkswagen and eventually, you know, ended up finding all the right ones and installing it into my car and it's it's pretty cool like it, it's nice to just be able to you know for those that don't know you plug your phone in just via the the micro usb and then android auto takes over the entire interface and so you've got you know you've got your podcast you've got your music you've got navigation you can talk to it it's just yeah it's a nice all-in-one you know type thing okay so the reason i'm asking you this is because um I also have a Volkswagen, a Polo, uh, which is actually oh, yes. a th- 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 Yeah, <laughs> me too. So we all have something in common. <laughs> so no, the reason I'm asking this is because I have a 2009 Polo uh, Volkswagen and uh, I was 
just calling the car dealer where I bought this car, which is actually the uh, um, the, the uh, head of the Volkswagen uh, division in Slovenia. And I was asking them about if they already have Android Auto units there. And they said, yeah, sure, we have them. You can get them. And I was asking, well, how much would it cost for you to upgrade my car to the Android Auto unit? And I think I just stopped that person when he started summing up uh, all the costs at about 2,000 euros. And I said, okay, just stop. I'm, uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> I know that the unit itself is around 500 to 700 euros. I don't know. I, I think something like that would be uh, enough for a, an Android Auto unit. Uh, and the reason I'm asking you is you installed that unit yourself, right? Yeah, that's right. So, and you also needed, I'm guessing, a few in, uh, I don't know, cables, uh, converters, and something like that? Yeah, so, so there's two ways you can do it. Um, one is you can try and figure out all the wiring yourself and wire up all the individual wires to the correct spots. And then it depends on whether you have steering wheel controls or not. For that, you have to get an adapter if you want that to work because it has to be, you know, like a small sort of circuit board that does all the, the translations and things. So I, I went down the, the route of, I think it probably cost me about $100 in total to get all the, the different adapters. So there's one that goes from the back of the Pioneer unit. Um, there's one that, into like some kind of standard format, I've forgotten the name. There's another one that goes from the Volkswagen connector into that. So those two plug into each other. And then I got another one that does all the steering wheel controls. So that plugs in as well. And it really is just once you've got the adapter, just plug and play. Like you click, 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 click. And then you just kind of pray, you know, you slide it in. And it didn't work at first. It just didn't even turn on. I'm like, oh, no, like I've, I've broken my Volkswagen. <laughs> but I, I realized, yeah, one of the cables wasn't connected. So I plugged that in. And yeah, it works works really well. Awesome. So uh, I, might, I might give this this thing a shot myself. Yeah, I'll send you the name of the website. I'm trying to remember it. There's one, I think, in England that has basically all the adapters you need because I guess the Volkswagen is really popular in Europe. So it's much easier to get there than yeah, in Australia for some reason. Sure. And we might also... It's especially popular in Balkans. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think we should also... Well, it's, I mean, it's not as good as the Yugo. Let's, let's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the legendary card. <laughs> uh, and also the feature, if you remember it. Yes, the yeah. feature. My dad used to. Oh, awesome. We also had one. Really? Uh, awesome. I think every yeah. family yeah. had it. Who's that? <laughs> yeah. uh, about Android Auto, um, do you have the, how can I put this, a pure Android Auto or a hybrid with a CarPlay from iOS? Uh, so th this one does both. It's the Pioneer, I've forgotten the unit, X750 uh -huh, so maybe. So it depending on which phone you plug in, um, it does both. The annoying part is, um, I don't know if this is a licensing thing, but it has two USB ports on the back. And CarPlay will only work on one of them, and Android Auto will only work on the other one. So you actually have to run two no. USB cables yeah, on the back, which is a bit annoying, but it, it yeah. does both, yeah. So did you, uh, do you use uh, CarPlay also? or I, I did try it out because, uh, unfortunately, with CarPlay, um, our app is not on there because you have to become licensed by Apple to be there. And so far, we haven't had any luck. Um, you know, trying to get them to, to okay that. But I, I did play with it, you know. I, I plugged my phone in. It's it's nice. I'd say that um, for whatever reason, Google's just done a much better job with Android Auto. But, I mean, CarPlay still works. If if Apple Maps is okay, you know, in your country and if you use things like Apple Music, then then you'll be fine. You know, like all the functions, you know, work on there as well. Yes, so it's an interesting fact that uh, almost every review of the Android Auto versus the uh, CarPlay 
uh, comes up with the conclusion that the Android Auto and uh, what Google did was uh, a bit better. So um, I'm guessing it also... Yeah, which is yeah. weird because it, you would you would have thought Apple would do the better job at user interfaces, especially in a different environment. But for some reason, all Apple did was you know put a home screen of icons on there and try and make a, a few apps, whereas it seems like Google went to the next stage. You know, They, they laid it out better. They've got the... Yeah, sure. Yeah. It, it looks better. You know, I think the, the, the material design is more uh, suited to this because uh, the usual Apple logic behind all the things that weren't, uh, you know, Mac OS was just to put a grid of icons and, uh, you know, that's, that's it. You know, it didn't, they didn't do much else. Uh, you can also see it on Apple TV. You can see it on the iPad, on the iPhone. It's just a grid of icons. And for some reason, that's not the best thing on, uh, in cars. Um, I'm, also, one of the things uh, I think that Google does better is the voice integration. So, um, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. What's your take on that? I, I've tried using, yeah, I've tried using Siri and Siri has gotten a lot better. I remember, as you can tell, like I have a strong Australian accent. I've, I've lived here most of my life. And it used to be that Siri just could not understand what I was saying. Like I'd talk to it and the things that had come up, I'm just like, oh, I just forget it. It, it can now understand me. So, they've they've nailed that part of it. But I find that Google is still better at understanding the contextual information. Like if I'm trying to set an appointment for, you know, 11 p.m. tomorrow to do blah, like Siri and Google now can do that. But the Google side of things just, just seems better at, at trying to figure out, you know, what, what is it that this person is trying to tell me? Yeah, great. Awesome. So so with Siri, you have to pronunciate more or something? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, a little bit more. And you have to be clearer as well about you can't just – talk to it as if it was a person you have to say you know set a calendar appointment for 7 p.m at <laughs> yeah doing you know what i mean like, just so it knows <laughs> yeah, exactly so, what. yeah it's like <laughs> you're talking from siri to siri yeah so this is yeah. also one of the things i noticed is that the um also my english i know it's not perfect but uh for some reason google just understands me and it's all fine and using it in car i'm, I'm i don't have an android auto unit but uh, i still have my phone attached to the dashboard uh and okay google always works it's nice and it's uh also convenient you know and from from what i can see using uh, google now on in car the voice integration and the uh, voice commands are the future of uh you know interacting with uh, anything in the car because the touch screens uh, i also have a, a car stereo unit with a touch screen and that thing is annoying as hell because i never know which part of the screen i have to touch that's why i have to also always look down on the screen uh taking my eyes off the road and uh, that's uh, if nothing else it's dangerous you know uh, and back in the days, the car stereo units also always had lots and lots of buttons. You also, you could also, you can always, you could, you could always use, uh, just, you know, uh, feel and touch, uh, and you would know which button to press. And now with touch screens, that's going away, which is making cars a bit more dangerous to use. Uh, so I think the next logical step is just using voice and, uh, looking at the road all the time and just talking to your car. Yeah. I think while you're driving, if you can talk to your car and your car can, talk back to you it's a much nicer experience because you're right like i've i've even been um one of my friends has a tesla you know the, the model s and it has a really nice giant touchscreen in it which looks amazing but if you want to try and use that while you're driving there's nowhere to feel with your hands you know it's just a flat piece of glass so you actually have to stare at it and figure out yeah what do i touch what don't i touch and and you're right it is more dangerous than you know the previous controls which you could kind of you could remember where they were and they never moved because they were physical and you could also feel them you know without looking at them and know that you were you know pressing the power mm. or the volume or, or so yeah, uh, also uh, talking about the tesla um 
I think it's great that they have a huge screen in there, but like I said, the, uh, it's everything is touch based, uh, which is uh, really dangerous. But also uh, from what I saw, I mean, I never sat in a Tesla. I never used the, the uh, user interface, but from what I saw from screenshots, from photos, from everything, from videos is that the interface is all over the place. There's no logic. There's no, I mean, every time I see the uh, user interface in the Tesla, I'm thinking I'm looking at a different car. Uh, so from there, I think there's some lack of consistency and some lack of logic behind that, that the, the interface just sort of just happened, you know, it wasn't planned. <laughs> this is a spaceship. So there is no logic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I only got to drive in one once. Um, a friend of mine drove from, um, Sydney to Adelaide. I think he, he may have been the first person to do that in an electric car. I don't know. It's a long way. It's like 1300, um, kilometers. But it, I I got the same impression. Like it, it's it's good software. Like it's not badly designed. It looks okay, but it definitely doesn't have the same level of polish that the car has. You can tell it's a hardware company making software rather than a software company. You know, making making it. Mm, yeah, sure. So yeah, uh, I'm also um, talking about the Tesla. Which um, we we have some uh, additional time. The Model Three, uh, which is all touchscreen based, so there's no other thing in the car at all. Uh, do you have any, uh, thoughts on that? Because, um, from what I can see, it's, uh, it was done to reduce the cost of the uh, dashboard itself. And, uh, I don't know if it's a really good idea to, uh, for Tesla to do that. Uh, that's one of the few things I don't like about the Model 3. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you, you do want, you know, it's an electric car, so you can leave a whole things out. You don't need a drivetrain, don't need an engine, don't need a whole bunch of other things that come with it. So it is cool to, try and rethink what what a car can do but some of the things that we have already like are there for a reason i think like physical controls were initially there because that's all we could do but i think even now you know now that you can do things on a touchscreen it doesn't mean you should do everything on a touchscreen like i i think some functions of the car would probably still be better if they were button based but you you never know they could make some amazing interface and they could you know prove me wrong but i don't know i'm just old school i prefer you know pushing buttons yeah, yeah. I, I also think that's the better way to do it if you don't have uh, voice control. So, um, talking about this uh, tech stuff and everything, uh, I think we should uh, uh, say a few words about the uh, equip- equipment that you use. So, we already talked about you using uh, Android and uh, iOS devices. Um, but uh, Yo, which one? Go, yeah. We, so, let's hear a bit more <laughs> about those. Sure. So right now I'm using the um, the Galaxy S7 Edge as my phone. And I think the main two things I like about that is the camera. It takes really good, um, you know, fast, low-light pictures. And I've never had a phone with the, the curved edge. And I, and I know it's a little bit of a, I guess people call it a gimmick or like a, I don't know, like not an actual feature, but I really like it. The way the, you know, the glass curves around, yeah, with the, the rest of the phone. I mean, it is slippery. It's It's like the iPhone... Um, six in that sense it's very slippery you know it's easy to drop but do you have any case on it no i don't because it's such a nice looking device that it seems like a bit of a shame to put a case on it but having said that i have i have dropped it a few times now so it's yeah it's it's that weird (laughs) sort of compromise yeah so and also with the edge display if you drop it down the cost of repair must be you know astronomical compared to yeah I can only imagine. So before that, I was using the the Nexus 6P, which is also a really nice device, and straight from Google with you know all the stock stock sort of software, which which makes it a nice phone as well. And on the iPhone side of things, I mean I've had them all, but at the moment it's the 
the 6S. I just find the, the 6 Plus just that little bit too big. I mean, what, what do you guys use? So I'm using the uh, Google Nexus 6P, which is, uh, I don't know, I, in my opinion, the best phone I ever used. Uh, I also go through a lot of phones because I test those devices and write reviews for the National Telecom Company. Uh, so I have access to all the latest and greatest uh, Android phones and iOS phones. And um, from for me right now, the Nexus 6P is definitely the best one uh, just because of the stock Android experience, which I'm very used to. I used to have an iPhone, which was, uh, long story short, the cops came uh, and take it away because it was stolen <laughs> and I bought it on a flea market and... <laughs> Yeah, so never doing that again. Uh, anyways, so the, <laughs> uh, so I ended up on, on the Android ecosystem, which, uh, you know, uh, stayed in my heart from that moment on. And, um, so, uh, regarding the Galaxy S7 in the Nexus 6P, I, I'm try. I always can compare the, uh, the cameras. And uh, from what I gathered, uh, up until now with all the latest and greatest Android devices is that the ne- Nexus 6P still takes the best low light photos if you have the HDR plus, uh, turned on just because it leaves a little bit more, uh, noise in the photo, which is not, uh, a bad thing because, uh, Samsung Galaxy S7 and also the LG G5, which I have on the table right now, tend to overprocess the uh, low light images, which then turn out, turn out to be, I don't know, they look flat. There's no details in them anymore. And that's what I like about the Google Nexus 6P, which, uh, that it does, it doesn't overprocess the photos. Uh, but the camera itself yeah. is a bit, I don't know, it's slower than on the other devices. There's a bit of shutter lag. Uh, the uh, launch time is a bit longer. So yeah. Uh, it's not perfect. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if I wasn't a developer, um, I, I wouldn't spend money to go from the 6P to the S7. Like, it, there's there's nothing there that's that's worth you know spending. I don't know how much it is in in um, Europe, but I think here it's about you know eight hundred, nine hundred Australian dollars. There's there's no reason to spend that kind of money to go. It's not a it's not a massive jump. But I guess I'm like you. Like I'm a I don't work for a telecom company, but I'm an app developer, and we need to buy. Uh, you know all the latest phones so they they end up coming to the office anyway and then you know i guess it's it's nice to be able to pick <laughs> and choose like which one but I, I think if i was spending my own money i'd, I'd probably get the, the 6p as well mm. so uh now then now jan will tell us about his all-in game with the iphone <laughs> yes i'm using an iphone 6s uh plus uh, oh yeah yeah i know you said it's a bit big uh, i agree to some point, um, I chose it because of a bigger battery life. So, I, yeah, it definitely gets more battery. Yes, I have to charge it uh, every two days, which is perfect. And also, the camera with uh, stabilization—that's awesome. But yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do over summer because having it in my pocket will. I know it's not comfortable. Uh, right now we're all uh, wearing jackets and you have side pockets, so you can have it there. But I really don't know what I'm gonna do over summer. So I, I think it's uh, it's perfect time to buy some skater pants or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, skater <laughs> pants. <laughs> uh, so uh, Russell, do you use uh, a tablet or something like that? No, I don't. See, I'm a developer, so I can't really do development on a tablet. Um, I have tried using the iPad. We do have a Pixel C here, which is really nice, like hardware tablet. But I just, 
to find I don't have a use for them. Like I, at home, I have a laptop. Here at work, like I have a desktop. In between that, I don't find like I need another another device. Yeah, so uh, me, me too. I, I used to have an iPad. Well, I still have an iPad Mini, which is now primarily used by my kids to watch YouTube videos, and that's it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people went through that phase, which was the the uh, tablets were the new craze. Everybody used to, needed to have them. It was awesome. It was love at first sight. And then at some point, they just realized that it's not powerful enough to do you know desktop stuff uh, with it, and it was not that. It was just a bit more uh, an awkward form of a mobile phone. So I think everybody just gave up at some point. Yeah, I, I think so. Although probably, you know, Mike Hurley and Federico Vitici, for anyone who listens to their podcasts, will probably beat me over the head if, if they hear me saying it. But I kind of agree. When I, when I got the first iPad, I thought it was absolutely magical. You know, you're holding this slab of glass and, you know, everything's just there and there's no wires and there's no anything. You're like, oh, this is amazing. But I don't know, like four or five years later, I'm just not as impressed by tablets. I think they make amazing computers for people that don't want to deal with computers so if you want to send email and look at pictures and watch video maybe you don't need a computer maybe maybe a tablet is enough but i think if you want to get work done i I really don't understand people that get work done on ipad and i know and android tablets as well i know people do and like i said you know mike and federico um will probably murder me when they find out i said this but i I don't understand how people like that get work done on an ipad like i find it so much easier on on a on a computer yeah, I, I totally agree because tablets are, I don't know, everyone is using them, but just like you said, if if you don't need to do anything really complicated like code or write something uh, that is not really just five uh, paragraphs or something, but yeah, it's easier to use your mouse and a keyboard and that's it. Yeah, I find it interesting that um, a lot of designers are also considering switching to the iPad. Uh, and I am one of those people who is a designer and I also think uh, about buying an iPad Pro, but not because I would, you know, I could switch from using a PC or a Mac uh, to do proper design. It's just a great tool for, uh, you know, an additional tool. Uh, because of the uh, the, the uh, pencil integration and everything. But as far as doing some really serious design on an iPad, I just don't see it right now because there are, there are no, no real uh, good apps for that. You know, if you want to, I don't know, uh, create a layout for a, I don't know, for a novel, for a great big book or for something like that. Yeah, there's a just, there are no tools to do that. You know, you, you can, you could do a small picture or a uh, small ad, you know, which you can draw and uh, put together. Okay. Sure. That could be done for the web or for, even for print, I, I guess. But as far as doing some complicated layout work on, on an iPad, that's just not happening anytime soon. I'm thinking. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I know, um, some designers that do illustrations, especially like, um, Daniel, the guy who, who I do topical with, um, he, you know, he, he designs a whole bunch of stuff on the iPad Pro and because you've got, you know, he, he does a lot of sketches and you've got the pencil, you know, I think it's it's really nice. You know, it's nicer than trying to use a mouse or a Wacom tablet or something like that. But I think for other types of design where you need like, you know, full-on um, programs and things like that, they're just, they're just not there on the iPad yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, I agree. So uh, other stuff that you use, uh, so what's your my main computer that you use at work or at home or I don't know? <laughs> So I'm a little bit embarrassed by this, but um, we we bought the Mac Pro 
um, here at work. So that that's what I use. And it was because um, we were just coming up to the end of the financial year and we had some money that we could spend and the Mac Pro had just come out. We're like, oh, this computer, like it looks looks so amazing. You know, it's it's a cylinder and it's shiny and it's powerful. And um, we bought one. And I, d- I don't know if I... So you don't have a joke. Sorry, you? You don't have a joke that it looks like a trash can. <laughs> no, we have the news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it does look like a trash can. I mean, it, it is a really nice computer. It, it is overpriced, like if you're being honest. Like you can build a PC um, with all the same bits for like, you know, half the price. But yeah, that's 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 what I use here at work. No, Okay. Yeah, but it, it, it's you can you, you can build a PC, but it's not as shiny and it's not as it's not <laughs> yeah, as compact. But so, which yeah. one did you buy? <laughs> uh, the entry model or the mid range or the high range? So the the middle one with the six cores. I oh, think. nice! So the, nice. not the lowest and not the highest. Yeah, yeah the mid range is spot on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it is expensive, and annoyingly, Apple hasn't updated it at all. I think since it launched. Yeah, they did No, ago, no, no. So not not even Skylake uh, processors. I, I'm guessing they're all they'll skip those as well and just you know wait for the next <laughs> Intel. No, I, I mean I, I understand I I understand the struggle yeah. that Apple's going through because Intel can't can't keep up with demand. I'm guessing that's why also the uh, Skylake processors were about I don't know a year later or something like that. And well, they, they still have them already. The, the MacBook Pro. There's still, there's still no Skylake. So yeah, I'm waiting. I've been on talking it. with Philip like um. Yeah, when that comes out, I'm thinking about switching back to a laptop. So maybe selling like the Mac Pro and just getting a MacBook Pro. But they haven't come out yet. You know, there's no Skylake MacBook Pros and there's no sign that they are coming. I haven't seen anything. So I, I think the only uh, computer from Apple that has the Skylake uh, architecture processor is the the, the small uh, MacBook One that ATP people call it. So. <laughs> no, 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 you're think, wrong. No, it's also no. the iMac 5K. Ah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, they have Skylakes as well. I'm working at the Apple authorized reseller, so uh, okay. I must know something. <laughs> Inside they also. Yeah, yeah can, can we have some MacBook Pros with a with a Skylake? Have you got those at the back somewhere? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, great. So, uh, do any do you use any other uh, piece of equipment that's uh, I don't know uh, of any interest to our listeners, and it's I don't know something unusual, something you wanted to talk about? I'm trying to think. It. I think I'm fairly boring. I think the the only thing I've bought recently that's kind of interesting is I I'm getting into the whole um, VR thing, you know, with Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. And I had an old PC that just didn't meet any of the specifications. Didn't have USB three. Didn't have the right CPU. Didn't have the right graphics card. And so I've just built um you know really nice gaming PC. And for the first time, I, I don't know if I'm a sucker, but I you know bought a nice screen as well, one of the 144 you know Hertz ones, and it is amazing. Like when you get the frame rate up really high i don't have vr yet you know i don't have the money for that just yet but just playing like games and things like that has just been really nice nothing at all to do with work and you know but mm. i'm really pure fun. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so exactly. uh, about the, the vr stuff uh, so you're getting what oculus rift or the htc vive or or something else? i haven't decided yet so the the vive looks like it ships you know may slash june the oculus is not till august i haven't really decided which way to go i don't know if you guys have have thoughts either way so uh, the only thought I have is the the hole in my wallet, which doesn't allow me to have one of those. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, there but, is that. But I, I, I'm keeping up with the news and the reviews, and the Vive does actually look like a, a very good option because of the also you have some you know you can do a few steps in each directions, but 
uh, on the other hand, you have to have a dedicated space for that, or at least a, a space that you can clear out when you're using it. So it's, uh, I, I don't think anyone, everyone could afford that, especially people who live in small apartments. So, Well, yeah, and you have to uh, have a really uh, powerful computer, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. you pretty so, much need like a, I think an Intel, whatever it is, i5 something, you need the the GTX, not GTX, the 970 from NVIDIA or the equivalent from AMD, it does add up, you know, really, really fast if you don't already have that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh, well, I'm halfway there because I do have the, the i5, I have the 970. Uh, I sh- think I should probably upgrade my CPU because it's an i5 to 2500K, which is getting really, really old by this time. Uh, but, you know, an SSD, lots of RAM, so I think I could manage it. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to jump on the VR uh, bandwagon just yet. Um, I, if anything, I might consider buying a Samsung phone and a Gear VR. But then again, I don't know. It's still, you it's know. Samsung. Yeah, yeah, it's Samsung. So <laughs> I, I have not used huge the, fans. the Gear VR. Yeah, I got one free with the, the S7. It's... It's okay. Yeah, the Gear VR is awesome. Yeah, it's 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 much better than Google Cardboard. Like it's you know the resolution is higher, like the the frame rates are better. You've got the Oculus integration, but it's still I don't know. It still doesn't quite track your head like a hundred percent. It still feels like early days. Mm, yeah. So I mean, you you, um, you know we talked about uh, how you you need a really 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 powerful PC to run VR. And then comparing that to that you have a, and then you have a small, uh, mobile device strapped to your head though. So you're, you, you really don't have the processing power to do anything more, I guess. Because, uh, as far as I tested the Gear VR, uh, it was overheating all the time. Uh, and so it's clear that the. Oh yeah, with the, with the S6. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the S7, it's not so bad, but with the S6, it felt like 15 minutes and yeah. it would be, it would be too hot to use. Yeah. So it's pushing it to the limits, I'm guessing. So yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're we're not just going on on the VR bandwagon just yet, uh, at least for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. no, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think uh, uh, Jan also has a few more questions. Yes, uh, let's go a bit away from tech stuff. Uh, so, Russell, do you watch any TV shows? I I do I do watch TV shows. I don't. I'm very mainstream with my TV shows. I mean, apart from a few ones, I'll try and give you some you might not have heard of. Like, have you guys heard of Flight of the Concords over there? No. Mm, no. <laughs> no. So this is a, a TV show that um, it, it's, a, it's a few years old now, but it was made by um, this comedy uh, team from New Zealand. And I don't know if the, tr- the humor translates, you know, over into to Europe or not, but it is a really funny show. If you haven't seen that one, I can recommend it. Um, some of the others are very much, you know, mainstream, like, you know, Game of Thrones, House of Cards, um, you know, all those kind of, t- I'm sure, yeah, they're, they're pretty popular, you know, all over the world. So I'm trying to think of some other interesting ones that, that people might not have, have watched. It's, it's probably, yeah, a lot of the others are just, yeah, just, just ones that people, you know, watch already. How about Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries? No, I haven't, haven't heard of that one. Yeah, that's an Australian TV show. Uh, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it with my oh, girlfriend, that, and it's really, really fun, and yeah, it's yeah. great. There, there is another one. It's not so much a TV show as a small YouTube series, but it's called um, The Catering Show, and that's spelled K-A-T-E-R-I-N-G, and it's just it's a cooking show, but it's a comedy, 
just um, <laughs> made by two women called Kate. It's they're only like nine minutes each, but it's it is really funny, and that one comes out of Australia as well. I think you can find season one is is on YouTube. Oh well, we'll check that one out. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Jan also put down in the show notes uh, a question about podcasts, which is, I'm guessing, uh, a question to you. Which podcasts do you listen to and the uh, which ones are on your, I don't know, daily agenda, I'm guessing. so. Yeah, so I have a lot of podcasts that I subscribe to. I do that thing in Pocket Cast where you can set up a filter um, that just shows like, you know, your absolute favorite ones so that I don't miss any of those. So um some of the ones in here, like a remaster, that's a real AFM show about um, gaming. I find it really interesting. They've got um, Shahid on there, who actually used to be like a PS4 executive, you know, fairly high in the company. He has some really, you know, fascinating thoughts into the world of gaming. Um, startup podcast, I think, is really interesting from, you know, Gimlet Media. They talk about um, different companies and, you know, how they fail and succeed and, you know, things like that. Um, You've got, I don't know why I like this one. There's one with um, Walt Mossberg and Neil Patel um, from The Verge called Control Walt Delete. I don't know if either of you listen to that. Yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the contrast. You've got Walt Mossberg, who's been a technology com- columnist for, I think, 30 years, if not more. And you've got someone sort of a bit younger in, in Neil, who hasn't been around as long. And it's, it's fun to, yeah, to hear those two guys you know, talk about technology. Yeah, uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, the the control alt delete uh, is also uh, one of the podcasts I listen to fairly leg- regularly. Um, one of the yeah. interesting thing is, things is that they usually tend to agree in the end, and they're I'm I'm, yeah. I'm feeling that they're really trying to argue, uh, but they, they always come out <laughs> on the same level, which is frustrating to them. So, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's another recent one that started up called um, Android Intelligence. I don't know if you guys know J.R. Uh, Raphael. I think he writes for Computer World. So mm, he no, no, actually no. interviewed he interviewed um, Hiroshi Lockheimer, so that's the head of, of Android, like for his first episode. I thought, you know, for a first episode, that's that's pretty good to get, you know, someone yeah. of that caliber on, you know, episode one. So that, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to find ones that are a bit more general. There was one that started in Australia, actually, called Science Versus. Um, so Wendy did the first season of that here for our ABC and it was an amazing show. I think it's still available and she actually got snapped up by Gimlet. So she's moved to New York and I believe they're doing a, a season two now that, that should be really good. So it's, it's, it's a show about science, but every episode is really short. So it's maybe 20 minutes and it's on one topic and there's some really interesting stuff, you know, that comes out of it. Mm. Awesome. So, um, any other podcasts you wanted to share? <clears throat> Uh, I'm just looking through my, my list here. Uh, there's, there's Mobile Couch, which is for anyone who's an iOS developer or an Android developer, um, just two Australian developers, you know, going through various technical things. That one's quite interesting. Um, if you're into iOS at, at all, you know, connected from Relay FM, I think it's funny because you've got, you've got Mike who's in, um, the UK, you've got Federica who's in Italy, and you've got Stephen who's in the US. And it's just fun to hear, you know those three different perspectives on the one podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. And if you're into um, yeah, I'll give you one more. So if you're into um, you know, story driven podcasts, there's a fictional one called Limetown. I don't know if either of you have heard of that one. No, no. So it's the way it's made. It's made like a, a documentary, like an NPR documentary, but it's about, I guess, a fictional event. But it, it's it's reported as if it was, you know, factual and happening. And I guess yeah, that was kind of interesting to to listen to. 
Okay, cool. that's awesome. Nice. So we'll put those uh, links to the, the those uh, podcasts in the show notes so that uh, the listeners can check them out if they wanted to. So great. Okay, I, I'm guessing we uh, ra- ran out of topics now. So uh, if Jan, you have anything else to add? <laughs> Uh, not really. I have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I'm guessing we should wrap this one up. So, uh, Russell, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, being our guest. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this was, uh, this was an, uh, an awesome experience. So, thank you. No, th- thank you for, for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, well, in the future, if you have uh, any free time, spare, and uh, maybe we can, you know, do another one like this uh, in a, in a few months. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll get to that when it's uh, when it's time. Uh, thank you, Russell, again. So, uh, to all of, of our listeners, um, if you wanted to listen to other podcasts in the Apparatus Network, just go to apparatus.si and uh, check out check out the other podcasts and um, that's it for the what is it now the 57th uh, episode of the uh, upgrade podcast so uh, i guess we're, we're, we'll be saying goodbye now in three two one bye 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 <laughs> <laughs>